friend, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited because I think for the first time, I've got my ministry partner, Melissa Dunn here, and we're gonna talk about, I think for both of us, what we would say is a super important topic. We're talking about using and recognizing the voice that God's given you and God has given me and God's given Melissa. So a couple places we're gonna go today is what does that mean? And why is this an issue? And what do I do about it right now? So welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Women Speaking Truth, a podcast that inspires women to know God deeper and equips them to take the next step in their God-given callings. My name is Andy Bruce, and I'm so passionate about helping women develop their character and understand their callings that I went out and got a doctorate degree in leadership. Now I'm sharing practical tools about leadership development through a biblical lens so that God can empower and ignite ordinary women like you and I to make his impact on our world. So friends, today I've got my really good friend. Wait, which do you think goes first, friend or ministry partner? When we've done ministry partner first, that's gone bad. So let's do friend first. I think that's a good point. Hey, everybody, this is my super good friend. And secondly, ministry partner, Melissa Dunn. Melissa. Hey, friends. friends. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I think just about, I would assume many, many people know you, but if there's a few stragglers who aren't connected to your YouTube channel, by the way, friends, Uh, You've heard me address it, I think, a couple times on here. I would love for you. Melissa is a Bible teacher and just a teacher, like her bone marrow screams it out. Go check out her YouTube channel if you want to. What do you do on the YouTube channel? All you have to do in search is just search Melissa Sue Dunn, and I'll pop up. Melissa Sue Sue. Dunn. We had to distinguish there's other Melissa Dunn's on YouTube, so bring it in the middle name. Okay, Melissa, so if somebody doesn't know you yet, what do you think they need to know? Um, I'm an introvert. I'm not good on the spot like this. Um, Yes, yes, and yes. um, I'm a thinker, Mm -hmm. maybe an overthinker. I don't know. What else am I? Uh, thank you. I'm really glad you asked. Melissa <laughs> is... I like other people to talk for me. She does. She does. She is a worker. Like if you... What's an animal that really, really works a lot? Like a elephant? Ant? An ant. She Please is do not an call ant. me an elephant, although I do feel a kinship with him. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Uh, the second is, this is really important for friends to know. So Melissa and I have a very sisterly relationship. You know how... When you see a level of intimacy, a level of talking back to one another. Yeah, but nobody better talk about you in front of me. Agreed. Or that will, like, it doesn't go so well. So it does the same thing like as sisters. Like, I can say it. You may not say it. I can joke with her. You may not joke with her. That's right. And so we've heard this over the years. It's like you guys are married. Or which, have your own language. Yes. I've heard people it say. really bothers me. Please don't say it's like we're married. It really is not <laughs> like that whatsoever. But because we do speak, I mean, we've done ministry together for how long? Over a decade, almost. I mean, over 12, year, 12 years. And it's not just doing ministry. It's like today, you want to, five hours? Five hours of intense either recordings and then meetings. So, Melissa, 
is this too on the spot? Unpack what ministry for us has looked like, whatever that means to you. You start and then I can, I can fill in the blanks. Well, I, for me, it goes all the way back to the beginning in Genesis 1. Why? Always. Just kidding. Uh, no, I remember the first night I met you. It was when I did this 10 minute blip at our local church and you were doing women's ministry and looking for somebody to shoulder the burden or the weight of teaching the Bible to other women that I think about that and I feel like God knew under any other circumstances, a hobby, not going to happen. Relationships, not going to happen. A friendship, we would never have oh, yeah. recognized our deep passion and mission, except for in that environment. It jump started yeah. our relationship because it was all about women and the Bible and using our voice in a way that I think you feel called to and I feel called yeah. to. So for me, that has done over the years, producing, writing Bible studies, even just talks, leading a ministry together, sitting down with women who are hurting, sitting down with women who are leading along or with us. Doing some conferences, some, mm -hmm. yeah, larger sort of gatherings, teaching at those together. Writing. Yeah. YouTubing face-to-face -face, uh, for a long time. Yeah. So when people say, yeah, it's like you guys have your own language, that's because of the thousands of hours, not just of working together, but even more so for me, this would be my perspective of praying together. Yeah. Like that's just not true. I don't think in any other relationship. How many hours of prayer oh, over the last 12 years? Have we prayed? Oh boy, I can't even begin to fathom. So welcome to the podcast, Melissa. Aren't Thank you, you happy? I am happy to be here. Good. Okay, so friends, we're talking about using our voice. So I know for me, the first thought that comes to mind is like a singer who begins to recognize, oh, I have a voice. Like, I, I think everybody sings, right? Even if you don't even mean to, like you're not a big singer mm -mm. at all. Mm -mm. Do you ever catch yourself singing or humming? Never. Never. Not on your worst day. <laughs> <laughs> but I think for most people, we sing even if we don't think we're good singers. And I remember hearing my best friend who she discovered that she could sing when she was about 19 years old. That late? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I didn't know that. She would hum and sing, but just like the rest of us. And then she was like, oh, I think something happened. And I think the same is true because here's the thing, Melissa, she used her voice as a one day old baby. We all have had a voice like exiting the womb. That's how they knew we were here when we were delivered is because there was a loud noise. We used words, we had sentences, we engaged and communicated with people, but like Stacy going, oh my gosh, I'm 19 years old, which is a little late for a singer. Maybe I think I, I think I can sing. I think I can but do wait, something. Can I say <clears throat> we haven't, I asked Andy to write down a, an outline for us. It was it's a mostly, good one. It's mostly question marks. <laughs> yes. So this is and very unprepped. And I feel great with the question. I'm like, I, cause I know that that means a question and that means a question. And then we wrap up. <laughs> so all that to say, we have not like, pre-discuss this or anything. But I have a question for you then though. 
is everybody has a voice, but not everybody can sing. Not everybody's good at singing. So are we comparing a voice to someone who's good at articulating their voice? That's and a if good not, question. then, then no. what does that mean? Okay, so then to answer this, let's talk about this question. I think without a doubt, God's giving given you not just your vocal cords, like the actual noise that comes out of your mouth. I'm not referring to that. So let's call that our physical voice. I don't mean that. I mean the way that God has wired you and which is different from how God's wired me, which is different than how God's wired you guys. And it's meant to be different where it's a deposit of the spirit of God that when we're like, God, I want to be used by you. I want to bring you to other people. That's through my interaction, my communication to another person. And sometimes women don't discover that voice. I don't know why it'd be an interesting discussion, but I think for many of our friends, they're like, yes, I know that God has used me when I'm, you know, when there's another person on the other side of the conversation and I'm like, oh, that wasn't from me. That was from God. Or we get a text or a follow-up conversation, or we hear through the grapevine, that conversation meant so much to me. Like I needed that. It's that it's speaking. And I'm not for this conversation, we can say literally speaking, but I think there are many ways that's displayed many, many, many like intercessory prayer, giving, serving, the gift um, of mercy. Yes. All of those things. But for this conversation, because of how we're wired, I'm talking about how has God uniquely deposited his spirit in you that to open your mouth and use your voice and deal with if it goes really well or really bad or not even know, like just being willing to engage and be with God and be with that person. So can we go back to Mm -hmm. maybe like go back and and sort of clarify also what we mean by voice again. Mm-hmm. And this is because I'm trying to wrap my own brain around it. Yep. So our voice implies, when you say voice, and it's not the literal uh, noise coming out of my mouth from my vocal cords, you're talking about the substance behind my words. Yes, good job, Which Melissa. is a reflection of how I think and how I feel. Yeah. My, my perception of the world around me and being able to express that yeah and here's the thing i think when i use my voice in a way that god uses it i don't try to do it i'm not like i'm gonna go and minister to my friend and get ready here's my voice right i'm gonna use my voice yeah Yeah, i'm gonna need your attention because here it comes you know everybody sit down you know it's just (laughs) in fact it's quite the opposite of i'm just having a conversation but i'm willing to say what I feel like sometimes God just sort of puts in my mouth or puts on my mind or puts on my heart. And then he uses that. So can I tell you the very first time? Well, let me back up before the first time that a teacher brought this out of like, Melissa, we need to hear your voice more. But let's back up before that. The house that I grew up in was, this is not like a woe is me or blah, blah. But for context on voice, I probably was told, to shut up and that I was a stupid mm-hmm. idiot. I mean, maybe three or four times a day. This was constant. Shut mm-hmm. up, shut up, shut up, shut up, sit down, shut up. And I learned to be very small and quiet is how I just lived in my house to be able to incur less of the wrath. 
which then what does that do with a voice? It completely stifles it, Yep. completely stifles it. And so I must've been in eighth or ninth grade and it was Mrs. Zapula. She was mostly blind. Mm-hmm. We, it, she was our favorite teacher. She was mm-hmm. wonderful. And we were having a discussion and it was based off of like literature. And I remember realizing that the class was interpreted in my opinion was interpreting the, the poem wrong and it, it started really, then huh <laughs> it really bugged me that they weren't seeing what i thought was the case which actually i thought the the poem was about rape and weird um, and and nobody else was saying it and i'm like so i raised my hand and i'm like i i think you're all wrong and here's why here's why i think it's actually about rape and not what you're saying and um, mm-hmm. I could see on Mrs. Zapula's face, like, bingo, you got it. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, she came up to my desk and she, like, tapped on my, put her hands on my desk. I remember looking at it and her saying, Melissa, when you speak, people listen. You need to speak more. And I remember thinking, what a weird, nobody's listening. To, nobody is listening to me or wants to listen to me. Why would I ever do that? There was zero desire. Mm-hmm to use my voice. Hmm. Zero, none. You're bringing up a really good point. And that is because imagine for most of the rest of the world in that scenario, being told, shut up. Like you're, even if it wasn't said, it was certainly implied. We kind of just wish you weren't here or just don't say anything because it makes life for the rest of us better. I know maybe that's not everybody's background or story, but it's a really, I wonder, important piece of thinking now, present day, where is my voice? Am I willing? Does God use me? Because I think that is how he's wired all of us is to be used by God in a communicable expression toward other people. And I think that's why people are listening or watching this is because we all want this, period. That's why our friends are enduring even this conversation it's like i want to know jesus and i want others to do the same do you think then like can you see how imperative it might be for most of us even if it's just for a blip for 90 seconds to wonder so when i was little what were the circumstances of my voice and how might that impact me yeah was i able to use it or was i not able to use it and what does that look like how does that inform who I am at this moment. Yeah. Because in eighth grade or ninth grade, whatever grade that was, there was not enough. You couldn't have paid me enough to risk using my voice. There wasn't enough at stake. I can tell you when the the next time that Wait, I can recall. So go back to that. You said in eighth or ninth grade, you just went with the flow. Oh no, no, no. I didn't, I did not use my voice. I, I, I remember raising my hand only because I thought they were so wrong is the only where I'm like, and this is important and you're seeing this wrong. That was my motivation, Mm -hmm. but it would, it was one in a thousand. I typically Mm -hmm. would not do that because it did not matter enough to me. It did not seem worth the risk to be ridiculed or because I felt so stupid. Like I was just dumb. Or that's actually not true because I actually did think I was intelligent because yeah. I got good grades, but I thought my voice was dumb. That for oh. sure. My perspective was dumb. Who I am just as it's just not worth anything. What I see is not worth anything. So can we pause there? I think 
your teacher saw something and maybe some around you would say her voice is X or Y or Z. You know what I mean? But you had a unique perspective that can cripple us Mm -hmm. if we buy into it and never... I don't know, throw that out of like, well, let's see what happens. So you would say you thought your voice was dumb. Dumb, not worth listening to. My thoughts or opinions didn't add anything. And when I did use my voice, like 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, it was, I would be bombarded. And I do mean bombarded with thoughts that would just make me want to clench my ears you're stupid. You're stupid. Shut up. You like, shut up, shut up. It was not worth that was not worth using my voice. Mm. I did not want the consequences Mm. of hearing all that stuff about myself. So it was just easier to stay quiet. I think because many of our friends see you for today, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? A loud voice. A very loud voice (laughs) and an intelligent voice, an insightful perspective worth listening to. Like, that's crazy, is that it's really easy to assume Melissa's voice just kind of comes natural. So can we back up um, not even 20 years ago? And I was not offended by it at all. When we started coming to Blue Ridge, there was this leadership like the whole church, anybody that was in leadership was invited to this, like, I don't even know if you were there yet. A Saturday afternoon where it snowed? No, oh, no. Okay. Uh-uh. It was like a two-day at this camp oh, thing. Uh-uh. And Jared and I were both serving in children's ministry. They did not ask me. And I knew why they didn't ask me. Nobody saw anything in me. Nobody mm-hmm. heard or saw anything. I was not offended. I'm like, good, I don't want to go anyway with these people. <laughs> but um, there was no voice. There that's not that long ago. Uh-uh. And, and it would have been about maybe 18 years ago. So give, give that a year. So nobody's investing me. They're, they're all investing in Jared for his leadership. Nobody is, none of the leaders are like even talking to me. I didn't. You had no awareness too? No, none. Time. I didn't want them to be. But even of your own no. possibility? No. Isn't that encouraging? Because what it would look like is Melissa's always been. That's the assumption. That's no, really it easy would, to make. Yeah. People would come up to Jared and be like, is your wife okay? Like, is she okay? Like, can we pray for her? Because I just, I looked like not a happy person because I wasn't. Yeah. So it wasn't until about a year after that, I remember the very first time it ever occurred to me or I ever saw it. And we were at Willow Creek, which is a church up north at a children's ministry conference. And... Mm-hmm. I definitely remember the two ladies that were sitting in a table. It was like at lunchtime and there might've been other people at the table too, but I started sharing what God was teaching me. And it was about God because I was starting to feel this something about God churning Mm -hmm. in me in a way that I could not tamp it down, even though it was painful to speak about because I felt like so insecure Uh, is terrible. Yeah. The insecurity I felt, but I just went for it at the table to really share what I thought. And I saw them, it was Kim and Heidi, they were eating and they put their sandwich down and leaned in to actually listen to me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what is happening? Like they are really listening. Do I actually have something to say? I'm really sharing. I'm really sharing. Like, yeah. And it feels like it matters. Yeah. 
Wow. That was the very beginning, maybe 18 years ago. Um, so talk about the next couple of moments where you're like, oh, that was another step forward that brought me from a silent, isolated, hurt and angry woman who despised her own voice. I know you will yeah. have to say that to then that happened. Like it was so slow and gradual. Like the whole process was so slow and gradual, but I started to realize in that same time frame, I think others in leadership started to see something maybe like, huh, maybe she's got some, some sort of voice. So they put me in a, a, a tiny circle of college students that were serving in children's ministry. Cause so you were adults. serving in kids. I was, ministry. I was leading a girl, little girl's, uh, second grade, small group wow, for children. I know for children. <laughs> um, I tried my, I tried my best. But, um, so they, they put me in a prayer circle. There was maybe four or five college students and you have, you didn't have to, well, I guess you did kind of have to, it was expected that I would lead that circle in prayer. And typically that meant like three or four minutes of saying something to the group. And then we would listen to a song and pray. I remember, um, we lived in this like tiny basement. Adeline was probably two years old and going to sleep thinking I'm losing my mind. Like, I, I really think I might be going crazy because all I can think about is these people, that small little circle and being with them, sharing with them and actually feeling something because I, I was not somebody who felt a whole lot mm. and feeling like my heart pounding and realizing the connection between God and these people and what they're doing mm -hmm. and the impact that could happen. And I thought, I'm, I'm losing my mind. Like, I, am I going Because crazy? it matters? Because it matters. And Instead because I feel just... prompted to actually really give my all mm -hmm. to speak. Like, I, I really think these two or three moments or minutes are really important. And I think maybe I do have something to say that God would, would use. Maybe. Now, I would leave those two or three minutes totally crushed and bombarded with the after effect, but of I, what? Uh, stupid idiot. Shut your mouth. You're so mm. stupid. They think you're stupid. They know you're stupid. Why did you even say that? Stop talking. How Stop embarrassing. Talking. How embarrassing, embarrassing for everybody. Yes. They're embarrassed of you for you. What you're saying is wrong. You're disappointing God. You're just like constant bombarded bombardment. But I did actually start to see their eyes would maybe light up a bit or connections would start to be made. And that started to balance the misery that I would mm. experience on the, you know, backside of it to say, but no, actually, I, I think this might be doing something. Hey friends, if you're listening to this podcast, here's what I know about you. One, you love God, and two, you love God's word. It was about seven or eight or nine years ago, me and a really good friend, Melissa Dunn, who's also my ministry partner, wrote and taught a Bible study called the Book of Job. If you're looking for a Bible study that's gonna go deeper and really show you who is God, especially God, like we see in the book of Job, who, let's just be honest, does strange and kind of terrifying, peculiar things to a guy named Job. 
But here's the thing, even though, yeah, the book of Job, it's no walk in the park. It is difficult. It is peculiar. And it's a bit frightening. But here's what we know. God shows up uncharacteristically to a man named Job and his friends. And here's what I've seen God do over and over and over again with women who gather around God's word and sincerely study the book of Job to know who this God is. God shows up uncharacteristically to them too. So if you're at all interested, I want to give you two ways to plug into the book of Job Bible study by Melissa Dunn. First, you could go to truthgroups.com backslash store, and you're going to see a couple options to purchase or check out the Bible study on the book of Job. Or head over to Melissa Dunn's YouTube channel and search Job Bible study, Melissa Dunn, and it's going to pop right up. Whatever you do, we love when women gather with her people around the word of God because we firmly believe God wants to show up uncharacteristically to you too. So here you are struggling as a human, but growing immensely. I don't, I don't know if I've ever, ever asked you this question, but I know that we've alluded to it a lot. I'm assuming that what it feels like these days, like a feeling or a thought that leads to a feeling or vice versa of when you teach the Bible or getting content now, particularly delivering it, using your voice to speak it to somebody is probably similar to that feeling of like a satisfaction that maybe when you saw those eyes brighten a little bit, what does that feel like for you? Wait, what? Eyes brightening? These days when you're teaching the Bible. One, um, I do not have that bombardment typically of you're an idiot, shut your mouth, close your mouth, don't talk. I I don't have that bombardment after um, or near, I guess I should say nearly to the cacophony that would be. Um, that's number one. Number two, what exactly are you asking? What does it feel like when you use your voice in a way that you feel like God's wired you to? It feels like being at home. Hmm. It feels like um, comfortable and natural and right. Do you feel like, so I would assume other people would say, I feel such joy and pleasure. No, I don't feel that. I don't feel joy and pleasure. So what keeps you going? Because There's, I know how hard, yeah, hard you work. It's not natural. Oh, it's not to get my thoughts from here out of my mouth. It, we're talking. I remember you would say back when we first were doing ministry that generally, and I thought you're exaggerating, but now I'm like, no, I bet you was dead on that. Approximately for every one minute of teaching, it's you one did, hour of prep. It was one hour of prep, and like, I'm not meaning, even counting like thought prep. I mean, literal work prep. Meaning this. I think it's very easy to see somebody with a strong voice and assume it's easy. It's just natural. I could never do whatever because like that stuff just comes very naturally to her. And it's obviously the gift of God is deposited naturally by his spirit, but that does not mean it's like fluttery Mm -mm. and easy. It's a lot of hard work. And I'm not sure why. Um, I think I can think rather complicated in like a spider web. 
And it's what I feel like my job is. And by job, I don't mean like a job where I'm paid, but I mean like my calling from God is to take the complication and try to make it simple. And that is, that is where my work is going from complicated to simple to articulate it. And it doesn't bring huh. joy and peace and, and all of that, but it brings a rightness or a satisfaction to me would have, would be a better word than joy feels like effervescent and yeah, it's not that, and happy. but it's more, it's more like solid, right. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So, um, I had a question for you. It was, oh crud, Melissa, where did it go? Um, Oh, shucks. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you. This is a tough one. I, I feel like this would be a hard question. If you had to describe the voice that God's given you. Oh, that's not hard. Really? What? <laughs> um, so I heard John Piper, who has just been like a mentor to me from afar, um, Remember the time you slipped him a letter? I do. And the security guard was like, I don't, where's the bomb sniffing dogs? I do remember that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, He was talking about spiritual gifts and he's like, you know, his take is, and actually I, I think he's probably correct, not to get on a tangent, but that all of the spiritual gifts listed in the Bible are not exhaustive. That would be his take. And so he said, he was listing off these like random spiritual gifts that aren't listed. And he said, maybe you have the spiritual gift of warning. And I'm like, is that a spiritual gift? Because if it is, I think I have it. And you do, I would say we've seen this. Yeah. So I think, I think my voice is probably one on one end, maybe warning and woes. Yes. And on the other end, what I hope, I'm not sure that it is, but what I would hope, what I hope it would be is the beauty and wonder of who God is. I hope it's that. Yeah. And then on the other side is warning and woe to not for us to not see him or give everything to him. There's a warning and woe. So what would you say to people who are probably most of our friends? Well, I'm curious. Do you think most of your friends on YouTube and those who listen to the podcast, I would assume that they've got some semblance of like, I think here's how God uses me. Or I know that he does, whether it's few and far between or sort of comfortable with that idea. I have no idea. I would love to know on podcast. I'm not sure. How could somebody on the podcast get a hold of you if they wanted to? I have no idea. Oh, great. <laughs> um, uh, maybe if you find her on Instagram, do you ever check your messages? I do now. Okay. Like for find three her on weeks Instagram. in it's a row. Andy and Andy Bruce. I don't know. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> for YouTube, you can, you can drop in the comments below because we're recording this for YouTube as well. But do you? I, I actually have no idea. If I had to guess, I would say, a, and this is a guess, based off of just trying to go with like the algorithm of, 20 years in women's ministry. No, excuse me, 15 years of women's ministry. Um, 50% probably have no idea that they have a voice still. Grown women. Yeah. I, I have a couple in my mind that I'm watching them in our group at Bible Lab and thinking they have no idea the voice they have. So what's the woe to that? I would, I, I'm not sure it would be a woe, 
I think it would be the opposite of a, a woe, but the wonder of the voice that has been placed in each one of us. That does not mean that you have the gift of teaching or the gift of prophecy or the gift of, you know, leadership. Maybe you have the gift of mercy, like my friend Sarah Gosnell does. And her voice is one mm. that sees those who nobody else is seeing. And she leverages her voice to get you to be like, I did. To care. I never even, that never even crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Sarah. Um, another example. What would be another example that's not like teacher from the stage? How about administrative? Like I remember oh my gosh, yes. Marilee. Bailey Brown. Yes. That will bring like sharp clarity into yes. a chaotic Katie, into a chaotic right. sort of, you know, Andy and I function, I think like creatives yeah. would function, it's messy. which is messy and a disaster. And to have them use their voice to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why'd you do this? Yeah. Or, well, what about Asking that? really hard questions. Yeah. Of, but this doesn't make sense. Like that is using your voice, your perspective. And I think what I would love for us as women to be able to do, we are, I think most of us are using our voice. I, I think to some extent, I think mm -hmm. we are. But I would like us to do it with more intention. That's what I'm thinking with even a few podcasts behind this is I think that there's such a very crippling fear that the enemy kind of dangles over us and we don't even know it. We think it's just us or our insecurity or our over security where we don't move into. I wonder, my guess would be we really don't trust and don't know how to use and are just too picking afraid to use our voice intentionally. I think, I think it does happen because God's so faithful to us where there is an interaction or many or multiple or frequent or infrequent interactions where God uses us because he's just that good to us and to the body and to his own glory. But man, what if women, Melissa, began to trust their own voice and began to pray and be like, if you give me an opportunity, Lord, I'm going to take it. So here's my question for you, Melissa. If you had to talk to 25 year old Melissa, who was um, mm. starting to use that voice. And you can't say as an answer, I wouldn't tell her anything so no, she no, can no, discover would, would, the journey, blah, blah, never, blah. I would never say that. What would you say to her? Because, I always have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, what would you say to, and what I'm getting at is those who are newer or emerging on the journey or feel like even if you've been at this for 15 or 25 or 35 years, I'm going through, you're watching me, Melissa, go through a season of literally learning to use my voice differently. So I don't feel like this is only applicable to those who are just, have barely taken a, a couple steps. It's wherever we are. What would you say? Okay, I'm not great on the spot. So, but my first hunch would be, I would say two things that sound like they're opposite. One would be deeply reflect on what is your voice, your unique voice, do a lot of internal work with God to understand what is your perspective? How do you see the world? How do you see God? What does that look like? Not and that's aspirational. A no, no, no. 
as a as a just truth for the sake of the truth. And often, or at least for me, it's not what I want. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you mean? No, I don't know what um, you mean. I used to say I was really good at X or Y or Z. And then you get a little bit into it and you're like, actually, I'm really not. I'm better at oh, this. Oh, oh, you know oh, what I, I mean? I used to say can... I'm a wonderful encourager because I'm happy, because yeah. I am positive. It's it's not that. So you're talking about self-deception or blind spots. And when we start reflecting, yes. we may see that what we think we are or what the internal landscape is may not be right. what is true. But it's to seek out what, Melissa, is true about your insides. And I and I and I don't I just mean I mean in a literal truth sort of way. What is what is true internally? And then I would say, so that takes quietness. It takes internal work, solitary, and then on the opposite end of that, exercise your voice more. Take more risks to um, open your mouth and speak. I was very, even then, still very, very quiet. Afraid of messing up, afraid of, of doing the wrong thing. And I think I would tell myself to just say that out loud and to say, but here's how I see it. Hmm. And then in a conversation of using my voice, because then there's a whole thing of like what happens when your voice gets shut down, mm -hmm. um, is to... If I felt like my voice was getting shut down, which it would have been in those days, I can like, I would just completely clam up. Instead, I would tell myself to practice being present there and to come back and, and ask a question then to that other person. That doesn't mean that I'm right and they're wrong or vice versa, but to, to, be, to learn how to dialogue back and forth until there's some mutual understanding, that's a part of using your voice, staying in it. Yeah. Like not just almost like a, what is an animal that quickly, like, um, like a crab or something Snap where it's like, turtle or it like quickly goes back into yeah. its shell. Um, that's what I would do in the mm -hmm. early days. I would, I would encourage myself to hang in a little bit longer. Hmm. Awesome stuff. Like really, this is where we're at. And, um, it seems to me that to stay in my shell is to, at least for momentary, to kiss. I think of Andy leaving for work and usually it's just a quick kiss. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's almost like to kiss calling goodbye for a little bit when I choose to stay in my shell, which is exactly the opposite that we all want. We want to know and experience God, which absolutely means figuring out our voice, identifying that and submitting it to God and just taking the step even when it gets ugly and messy and lame. So we'll, we'll be talking about all this stuff. Wait, can I just say one more thing? Yeah. It's usually you. I know. I'm so happy. <laughs> Is that I, I read this maybe last night. Um, so for those that are on YouTube, I have a really small Patreon community that I really love. And Tammy, a friend, she is going back through like all the old posts and answering them. So she mm. was answering one about voice and she ended her comment with something like, isn't it amazing that we have a God who stoops low to listen wow. to our voice? Mm. And so we've done a lot of talking here about our voice going out to other humans. I don't want us to forget wow, that we a have point. a God who stoops to listen to this voice, this human voice. And the fact for me, the more that my voice to God strengthened, 
was a direct correlation to my voice, I think, being used by God in other people. Yeah. So much more to talk about. Okay, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. Like, we wish that you were right across the table hanging out. Uh, if you want, man, I would love for you to check out what God's done and how Melissa uses her voice. Check out the YouTube channel, Melissa Sue Dunn Bible. You won't be sorry. Thanks, friends. See you next week.